0: Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree for sites of any size and world-class customer service. Head on over to wiredtree.com.
1: Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andermee, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, Justin Robert Young. Hello, and Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Gentlemen, the topic today is when are you ready to do a thing? Bryce, you mentioned something about clicking through on a TikTok and...
2: Yeah, oh, I saw I saw a TikTok uh, the other day. It was uh, from some bank, some baker, some local baker in Austin because it knows where I am, and so it knows. And uh, it was like and it also
3: knows that you love baking, and it knows that you love pastries. Well, it
2: knows I do respond well to Austin influencers. I like mm-hmm. finding out about restaurants and stuff. Uh, and so, some baker from some local place that was like, yeah, I, "Y'all better show up to buy my banana." And he's—it's got footage of him making these uh, banana pudding cinnamon rolls or some some delicious-looking confection. Um, and I was like, "Y'all, no one bought any yesterday, so I'm gonna make some more, and y'all better come over today and buy some." And so I was like, "You know what? It's in town. I looked the place up. It's—it ne- was nearby. And I was like, I could go. I could go for a a, a thing. And I didn't end up going because." Uh, their website was trash. I, I tried just finding the place was a mess. I had to like go in the comments and he was like, oh yeah, it's called this, but it's not this one. It's the other one. And the website is all about catering. And so I was like, yeah, I, you know what? I, I'll, I'm good. I think I'll just have a chewy bar and just get, get over the rest of my day. <laughs>
3: People in the chat are saying uh, that was B Becky Baker. And what he should have said is that he's over at 6,006, I 35 between Stasty and Manchek. Uh,
2: it's not far off. Um, there is but but so it was a case of was like and i don't think this person was a, is a baker at this place it makes makes a lot of videos about about baking so you would think like hey go to the website hey here's how you can go here's the menu or here's what we've got today because i know stuff changes but it was it it was an it was unfriendly enough that i was like um i'm good
1: actually people don't still and even in 2021 often don't appreciate that the web is about getting rid of friction and yeah. think about You don't launch, if you launch a product or service online, you have to have a price list now. Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, people were like, we'll we'll ask, email us for prices because that was that old school, the sales people like, no, I need to know who they are so I can sell them. So don't put the prices online, have them email me, Freddie, and then I'll tell them the prices and I'll close the sale. And the internet's like, I would go oh, I need to buy hosting, dot, 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 no pricing, done, no pricing, you're done, no pricing, done, oh, you have pricing online, okay, I don't know if you're cheaper than everybody else, but I don't have to go talk to somebody and yeah. go through and try to get sales.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I was in a situation the other day where uh, our friend Darren Kitchen, who has recently moved to town, uh, we were at a bar right across the street from the uh, Alamo Draft House on Lamar, and we got to talking about movie theaters and I was like, oh, well, you know, they're really leaning heavily into the rent a theater thing. Uh, and and they actually, because the Alamo Draft House has this great menu of old movies, like, you can actually probably find a movie that you would really want to watch. And, like, we were in a situation where we, I was like, I wonder what it costs. And so we had just, in the conversation, naturally, had found ourselves searching for the price mm-hmm. and found, like, there was, like, a food guarantee, but they Didn't have the actual price and they didn't have a way that you could book it online to the point where it's like, I feel like in that conversation, if they had had both, even if it was at 500, 1000, like, like, like
3: like at this point, you had already talked yourself into the possibility of an impulse buy. And, and by virtue of not making it possible for you to give them money, they lost it.
0: Well, yeah. Or just to know, like, oh, like, because if it was a surprising number, if it was like, all right, it's 700 and that's $300 worth of food guarantee or something like that, then it's like, okay, well, now let's start figuring out. Yeah. Who who we have that are friends? Let, let, and, let me start by saying start yes. Let, let me yeah. know
3: I have uh, uh, I don't know eighty seats. Uh, let yeah. me figure out how I could divide a thousand by eighty or yeah. as close to it as I can get. But and I think,
0: I think I, I, Andrew, you're right. I, I think not only do you need a price list, like you need to have a way to
1: take immediate action to to give money yeah. to the to the to to solve it. That decision comes from. And my theory is like, there's like a theater chain or company where the person who handled private rentals before was yep. used to a phone call or an email to do this. And they don't understand how the web works or this. And the idea that like, no, people just want to press a button and book it. We don't need a salesperson there. We need a fulfillment person. And that, that early days of web, that handicapped stuff, handicap growth for a lot of things. You saw one of the big problems too, was like advertising online, like Yahoo, If you wanted to buy ads on Yahoo, you had to email them and tell them I wanted to spend $5,000 or more. And then a salesperson, because they would hire, Snapchat did this too. They hired like Condé Nast type, you know, magazine ad salespeople. They didn't build a self-fulfillment network, a thing you click a button. And that hurt them. You know, that's why Google took off and Facebook took off. Because press this button, put in an amount, you have your ad, you're done. And we, we will sell you $5 worth of ads. The, it doesn't SpaceX matter. SpaceX has yeah. a price list. SpaceX has a price list. Yeah. Well,
3: and, and so here's the message that I take away from this parable um, is, uh, and, and it's something that, that we've lived through many times with the scam stuff store. Um, and it it, it, it took a while to get everybody to believe in it, but it's like step one, accept their money. Say Yes. Step two, figure out how to do it. If you cannot do it, step three, worst case scenario, give their money back. Like, uh, like, yeah. like start with yes. Start with what's the thing you want? I want this thing. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 and, I am, as I, of now, provisionally promising you that thing.
0: I, I, I think the idea here is the fear of leaving money on the table. Right, the fear of right. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Well, for uh, to Andrew's point with like the, the the draft house, there used to be somebody who would say. Okay, so you, would you like to rent the theater? Cool, that's that. Now, we also have catering, and we also, if you want to do it during the day, we have a daycare service, and also we can do cakes if it's a birthday party, and like, like, like that's their worth. That's what they consider to be the upselling and the customization to make this the most magical experience you can. Right. That's what that person defines themselves on, whereas like, I was like, all right, if I wanted to rent a theater and watch Pulp Fiction with just Darren tonight, can I pay you a thousand dollars so we could walk across the street and right. do that in 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 a theater? Like, is that possible? Like, am am I going to be impulsive enough to hit an Apple Pay button and and cartwheel across Lamar?
2: And, right. And and Brian, I mean, I I think you know that ethos that you shared is good, but I, I think even for like this is a bakery. I went I went to their website. They should have a way. Like this shouldn't even be new. Like sell it like like. Like I, I, you know, if you're new to this and and you're figuring it out, but that you know, let me buy something online, or just let me see what the list of things that you've, you know, if I understand, maybe bakeries, they, what they have changes every day. Um, a, a similar a, a parable that I've got is almost the exact same thing. Um, I kept seeing clips for this podcast on TikTok. And they're fun. Clips. We
3: know it's called Great Night. It's every Tuesday night, right here on this very That's channel. Kind of, kind of embarrassing that we actually don't do that. But go ahead.
2: And um, uh, that because I would be the person who would do that. So I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, certainly no. not taking oh, it personally. Oh, uh, what are um, you
3: doing, Justin? <laughs> um,
2: but uh, uh, so I kept seeing fun clips. It's about it's about relationship advice, and it's a nice. It's it's an okay little thing. So I, and I say, oh, it's a podcast. And I've found po- a podcast before that I really like on TikTok. And I download it and I listen to it and I'm like, okay, so it's got like a five minutes of, of introduction. Oh man, our TikTok's doing well. We're well, going to spend like 10 minutes talking about TikTok. And it's like, can you please. Do the thing get that I came here meat. for, because it does. Like it, it, like as a listener, I'm not really interested in TikTok. I know how I found you, and if if I'm an older listener or someone who found it another way, I also don't care how other people found it. I mean, it might it be nice for a little thing like, hey, we're doing well on TikTok. That's one thing, but five, ten minutes about post like that's really not. Please get to the whole concept of your show. Yeah. And so you know, sometimes you just want to, you just want to grab people and be like. You have to also focus on the product, not just how you sell it. You, right. Like you have to Well,
3: and, and, and if you can't I'm,
2: forget that you have an attractive thing, you need to keep polishing and making better.
3: If If I'm hearing you correctly, essentially, uh, what one takeaway is, mm-hmm. remember that the product is a sales pitch to continue to listen to the product.
2: Especially like, if it's a it's the not, free product, like yeah, a podcast. Yeah. Right,
3: exactly. Like, don't waste my time. Give me, like, like, uh, and and we've talked about this. You can actually see on YouTube engagement the mm-hmm. drop-off in the first, like, 20 seconds of how quickly somebody uh, is like, what is this? Uh, this is a waste of my time. I'm out. And then, and then uh, down they go. Uh, whereas other stuff, it's like you begin with, you know, uh, if there is an explosion that happens at the end of the episode, there's a reason that it's a trite and, and uh, over overdone cliche to get that, in the the very beginning, because the YouTube environment, the TikTok environment, any kind of current social media low stakes thing where it's easy for people to click away, mm. you better deliver right at the at the beginning. You don't get the expectation that you do with a movie, where somebody has already spent twenty dollars, and it's not like they're going to get up and leave in the first twenty minutes. You have to deliver right at the very very beginning.
2: And even at, even for podcasts, where you know you can be talking about something that's sixty, ninety, or, or minutes, or even longer, you know it's you still have you still have that in relative terms right you i will give a podcast you know five ten fifteen minutes even and you still have to i mean you have to hook people eventually right if it's a short video if it's an if it's a song if it's a podcast um and and so i don't know this this is all just to say like you know if if you're busy focusing on selling your thing make sure that you take a take a moment to like re-examine the thing itself because maybe you're missing something or you haven't there looked was. at it lately.
1: Uh, A story I probably mentioned on this podcast before, but it's really worth repeating, was in the early days of Dropbox, you know, they they built a really cool technology platform, despite what the people on Hacker News said, that it was a horrible (laughs) idea. They built a really cool idea, this very easy way to store your files online, our very good technology stack. You know, everything seemed attractive on paper. They looked at this. They just, nobody was using it. Nobody was using it. And they couldn't wrap their heads around that. So finally they went and they took out like an ad, I think it was on Craigslist. And they said, you know, we'll we'll pay for people to come in here. They paid people to come in their office. They sat like eight or nine people around the table and they asked everybody, upload a file. Nobody could do it. Nobody could do it. Mm. And they figured out that it was just, what was clear to the people who made it, it was not clear to anybody else. They couldn't perform the most simple thing, which was up. So even if somebody said, I want this product, I got it. They were so confused by it they had to go watch people struggle and fail and they paid like 50 bucks per head it cost them like 500 bucks to get that feedback and it'd been a problem for weeks for them yeah
2: yeah and- i have that exact thing with dropbox and uh, we deal with video files a lot and when you open up a link to a video file uh the download button the thing to the primary thing that i do on those pages is it's so weird it is placed. hidden in like yeah. a triple dot button it is like the 12th most important option on the entire page uh,
3: along that line i got in trouble because somebody had shared a do- uh, dropbox file uh, folder with me with like old videos and i'm like oh that's great i want a copy of it drag it over oh it's on my desktop now and then like a year later this person is just like yo wtf uh why did you delete the file i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about
0: oh my god so
3: it took it because it, it
2: cut know. it yeah Beca- wow. be- because yeah. when you when you do
3: what is the most natural thing which is give me one of those it doesn't copy it it, it moves moves it, it. Right.
2: yeah which Boy, is dumb yeah. as hell i think that i think, that,
1: I think that's i think it's lots. an ongoing they they solved that initial problem they yes. got like a huge uptick but like i get i had the same thing come up like oh like this file like I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, and I don't like I don't use Dropbox as much. I tend to use Google Drive more because it's just sort of like
3: I also don't trust Dropbox to stay around because we've seen so many companies come and go. You know, well, and just oh, the product, huge. the Dropbox they're, product they're has gone anywhere. Dropbox.
1: Yeah, they're they're big. There's so much enterprise they're funding. Yeah. They're huge. They're, sure, they're...
3: current uh, 2021 Brian understands that. Uh, 2016 <laughs> Brian maybe add some meager. Fair, yeah. no, totally, yeah. totally yeah. fair, totally. totally
1: fair. But I but I do agree that like there's I mean, I'm more fearful of Google changing changing the terms of the deal. But, uh, but there is – and I'll tell you – let me tell you the secrets about what doing – the secret, the profitability with these companies is Google does this, Dropbox does this, Apple does it, and I hate it, is the way that storage is tiered where you can't just buy an extra gigabyte or terabyte. It goes from like one to three then to ten because they know if you have three – you're not going to let it get close to 3 because you're going as soon as it gets close to 3 you're going to paranoid so then you go to 10 but it'll take you years to get there so you're paying for all the storage you never use yeah and that's kind of one of the biggest sort of cons with those systems is it like oh no you can't pay for how much storage you use you have to pay for this full amount and we know ninety percent of our customers are more are gonna use less than half that. Like, yeah, look at that. Look at that. Which yeah. one is this?
2: Fifty so this is uh, iCloud uh, <laughs> in the US, fifty gigabytes for a dollar a month, two hundred gigabytes for three a month, or two terabytes for ten a month.
1: Heck of a jump there. But it's a pretty good pricing though for the terabyte yes. though. If Where you're doing Google big, Drive big is. Stuff, Yeah.
2: yeah. But, but 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 still it's it's uh, it, it's just weird. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's it's very strange. So, but focus. Don't don't forget to focus on. Okay, on so product.
0: when are you ready? I think that to get back to Andrew's initial question, when hmm. when are you uh, uh, ready to spread your wings? And it feels like what we've come to is you are ready when your work, when your desired workflow is competent. Like, so you are ready to spread out to TikTok when you understand for the in the bakery example that all right, what's the natural thing that somebody would do if they love you? They then go to your website, they see where you're at, and they understand when, you're, when your hours are. Uh, when it's a podcast, it's like, okay, uh, you are ready when you, are, you believe your product is uh, uh, tailored for a bunch of new people who have just fallen in love with one
3: clip of your show. I would actually push back ever so slightly on that and say that the right time to launch is two weeks before you know you're ready and when you suspect that you can handle it within the next two yeah. weeks. So actually launch, like and, and this is weird advice, but, but this is me just self-reporting what, what we've done. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of times we, have, we launch products on the store Uh, Because we don't know how well they're going to do. We don't know whether or not they're, which is going to be the most popular color variant or whatever. And the only way to find out is by putting it in front of people. Uh, But we know, and we make sure to frame the messaging correctly to where people know that it's not going to show up tomorrow or whatever. Uh, But, but, but slightly before when you know you're ready for it is the time to launch, which is very
1: counterintuitive. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's often the advice that gives startups is like, don't, if you're waiting for anything perfect, well, perfect. Then you, and you would agree with this, is you did have to have a way to improve stuff. It's fine to ship stuff out before it's kind of ready, as long as your plan is to make it better. And yours is. And I think the problem is sometimes people are like, ah, I'm just done with this. I'm going to move on. And they put it out there. Like, great. Everybody else comes to it. And you see this sometimes people are like, what about this? What, oh no, I don't want to change anything. And it's like, well, this is crap. Yeah. Why'd you put it out there? But if your plan is, Now I want feedback, and the reason they tell you to push things out in the startup world is to get that feedback because otherwise you're just going to go nuts internally. Should the logo be this big? Should it be this big? Should we put the login button here or should it be here? And there might be some big thing. Like, do you have an FAQ? Why? I don't know how to use it. Yeah.
3: Right. Well, And and, uh, uh, I don't know why I'm drawn to the two weeks time window, but that seems to be about as long as I can maintain – uh, you know, white knuckle intensity of excitement to listen to every single thing and make every correction as fast as I can. And then after that, you get tired pretty quick and you decide, okay, we're going to settle and it's going to be this. This is what we can handle. This is how we can distribute it. And that's about all I, I can do. So two weeks before you're ready would yeah, be my advice. I, I think the
0: larger kind of meta point is all, especially Art and commerce and everything. So much of the real painful lesson that you have to learn is where do my efforts meet the audience? Be it a, a podcast where you're trying to entertain people versus uh, a, a business, a brick and mortar business or an online business. Uh, where is the audience? You you always have your guess, and then you have your instincts of what you want to do, what you want to put out into the world. Uh, but there's always that middle ground, and and your guess is rarely right it's kind of a, a on on first blush like you can sketch out the perfect path and how you're perfectly going to hit and and you're going to hit this slipstream in, in what is what else is happening and you're reacting to all these other forces the uh, man plans god laughs like like you're going to put it out there and and the the when you realize that that's where things really kind of begin is once you start to get traction, like, all right, how do we adjust? How do we give people more of what they like, less of what they don't like? Where am I getting in my own way? Where, you know, can I, can I, do I need to dial stuff down a little bit? Like that's 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 the key.
1: Yeah. Ask, you know, figure out that feedback. Also sometimes you can do one of the things that I did with my books, and I knew asking Justin to read a book, an entire book, was sometimes a very big Hey, can you take out five hours from your evening tonight and ri- read my thing that I may never do anything with? And that's a big a big ask. But I then realized, especially considering my read-
0: literacy
3: rate, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But like, 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 I'm like, ask people to read the first ten pages. Just, just ten pages. Like, just. just I, I,
3: I, 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 will definitely vouch for that. As a matter of fact, I actively, um, uh, especially with the launch of World's Greatest Con. Yeah. Uh, the best thing that we've discovered is is the, the, the very small ask of like 11 minutes. That's all I'm asking for yeah. six minutes of episode one, five minutes of episode two, the very first of each, uh, by that point, you pretty much get everything. Uh, it's either for you or it's not. And that's all
1: it's taken for everybody to jump all the way in. And that, that is, you'll find more people. Like when I go, Oh, take this online survey. This survey is only 10 minutes. I'm like, What if it was zero minutes? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then if it's like they do that or they don't tell you and you start clicking through and you see this progress bar go, I'm like, no. And so surveys are skewed towards people with nothing better to do with their times. But like, yeah, figure out like what's the minimal thing that would give you information and you'll get more of that back. Like if I need to ask a favor for somebody, uh, like I work with a lot of really smart people, including here and then also with OpenAI, and they're working on really important problems and not necessarily trying to explain something to the chimpanzee here. So I will say, Hey, can I just talk to you for 10 minutes? Just, I needed, you know, 10 minutes to figure out this thing. Cause I got to explain this, whatever. And it's an easier ask. Cause then I go, okay, cool. They're not obligated to talk to me for half an hour or do whatever. And that conversation is super short. There's expectation. We know what this is going to be about and we're in and we're out.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh one last note on the idea of uh, in in on on the topic of launching before you're even ready is that when you launch before you're ready you now get uh anybody who buys the thing is on the email list for that project and you get to reach out and say you know hello all of us team uh identity you know uh, as a group tribe whatever uh uh here's where we're at. Here's how many we're trying to get ready. Here's what we anticipate X Y and Z. Uh if anybody for whatever reason needs to jump the line, now's a good time to let me know. Otherwise, we're going to assume that you're cool with, you know, it taking a few days to get you your thing. Um and then uh, by definition, you always hit a bullseye because you're doing exactly because you're asking them for the answers as you're taking the test, and then you just make sure you deliver within a time frame that matches the promise that you made at the beginning.
1: One of the, one of the things that was really helpful that I learned was uh, setting up calls with people to get feedback. And this is a thing where uh, I participated on early on, was like, hey, like, if you have, we'll have a project, whatever, call 10 you know set up a meet with 10 people that use our thing and ask them just talk to them just spend like you know spend 15 minutes talking to them and it's super super helpful and that's the thing i encourage to people is like and and the purpose of that is not to seek compliments or people to tell you it's great it's to get feedback and to find things out and you sometimes go oh i would have spent weeks before i realized this was important but i had three different people tell me this and so sometimes it can be Ask a small, then like want randomly somebody feedback, hey, can I talk to you for 15 minutes about it? Because then there's things they're not going to tell you in an email. There are things they aren't going to elucidate. And then you can say, somebody brought this up. Is this the same thing for you? And they go, oh, yeah, I have a problem with this or whatever. If it's a website, say like, hey, listen, can I get on a video call with you as you go through the website? And you can just tell me what works and what doesn't work. And then I've done that a lot. Super helpful.
3: There's even, um, I don't think we've done this. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think we should do this. You can even launch a product that doesn't exist and is not even yet developed as a $0 SKU uh, that basically what they're buying is a a place in a wait list. I mean, you know, Elon Musk does does this, right? Uh, And then you can use the data of the most popular color variants. And uh, for example, like, um, we're going to make a T-shirt. Reserve your T-shirt now. It's going to look awesome uh, if you want to have a hand in deciding what the design will be and what the color will be, just check out as if the t-shirt exists and you'll have a place in line for the t-shirt. And what they're really doing is everybody's giving you data. And then it's like, okay, well uh, Navy blue is the most popular and the shield design is the most popular and this size is what we need the most of or whatever. It's like, great. I now have demographic data of everybody who's going to buy this. Yeah. And then you go to the people who like the idea of the product so much that even when it did not exist they went through the checkout process they now trust you and you're able to say it's out who wants it it's twenty dollars that kind of thing
2: yeah but i i also think people don't want to do that work most it, it don't mean, like but like the- in the in that shirt example i will i i i mean we're you know we're not we're not kind of in specifics but i i uh, the things i react to say for buying a shirt i want to see the shirt i want to see the design and i want to see you know the color that that the designer or the artists think that it should go with and not you know like because sometimes you go to teespring and there's like 80 different color options or a bunch of different variants that's 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 too much and even if it's just a free data thing i I,
0: but but think about it like this Bryce. so let's say it is for that initial thing. It's like okay, here's the Teespring uh uh thing, except we've cut it down to five colors and we've cut it down to two designs, and then of course you're sizing yourself, right? And you get exactly the shirt that you have customized for yourself. So you get the navy blue shield design in a a medium, right? Uh, then so you get exactly what you what you wanted. It's not like you're reserving a thing and then eventually it comes out. What brian now has is the the uh, data of who ordered what in this presale, and now when you do a larger push out like to, to have something permanently on the store and so now you're not doing on demand you have to do the big order you've already got the hard part or the risk taken out of it because now you're like cool all right i'm ordering uh uh 50 in navy blues uh, uh and and 30 in this many red. xls yeah. this
3: many mediums this many smalls and, oh yeah, yeah so I, I get that you're running it there
2: I, uh, yeah sure sure i get that i, I just i i i, I it, it kind of sounded like crowd I, decide what you get and then the no, most I, thing, I, like i but, yeah, but I, I i understand i understand using that as a means to get data uh, but it, it, i would also say in terms of like when you have the shirt you're selling you should have. <laughs> yes, if you were, sure. uh, right well and yeah.
3: well, in, in, in the shirt example it would be the kind of thing where it's like uh you have a choice you can either buy the shirt for 30 dollars when it exists or buy it now for 20 dollars before it exists and everybody self-selects with with, with their you know uh, uh the 10 dollar discount being i'm providing you uh, demographic statistical data of what size and what color
1: and yeah. what design will be most popular it's they're going to get like a hardcore group of people that are going to want to help you. And they're small. But like that's, you know, we've talked about a lot like, you know, somebody in early days. Oh, I have a blog. I got 20,000 people. 20,000 people read my blog. No, 20,000 people. 20,000 browsers. Yes. Either human or <laughs> whatever.
3: Through your 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 strip ball yeah.
1: place. Yeah. The number of people that read it. Lucky if it's in the hundreds. But you might have tens of fans there. And that's awesome. That's awesome because that builds. And if you're doing like the T-shirt sort of scenario, the idea is that like, hey, like if the hyper fans give you some signal, well, that's still good and that's useful. Yeah. So Uh, we want to do picks?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if I have much more new outside of to just double down on our ongoing love affair with with Demio. Uh part of this is to shame uh Andrew into joining us more often because Justin and I uh <laughs> still haven't slayed the rat king. Um uh and uh man, Demio is so simple and so fun and I've so enjoyed uh you know just just taking a, a short 45 minutes out of the day to play it. It's been great. Rat
0: King's too long. But uh otherwise <laughs> I I, <laughs> I very much uh have loved Demio. It is it is so much fun to play. It is, and and ultimately it's like the reality of the Oculus Quest 2 is that the games are good. I like the games. I love the people. I love yeah. the fact that it's become this meeting place for me and Andrew, uh, for both of my Andrews, for, for, both, yeah. for, both, for both Maine and Heaton, even that, a Brian you yeah. It again. Yeah, I got I got both. <laughs> I got I get, uh, two scoops of Andrew and, and a side of Brian, and and uh, it, it does my soul it uh, does my soul good. So, it it really is just something remarkable uh, to be able to connect. So, uh, uh, yeah, I I would say my pick is, um, man, I. I I forced my brother and sister-in-law to watch coffin flops. Oh you know? no. Uh, oh no. It, it's still so funny. Uh, but, but that my, my, my Take pick that is, spectrum. Yeah. They told me that at a dinner, um, the, <laughs> uh, uh, the first episode of the first season of, I think you should leave is probably it's perfect. Wall to wall. One of the funniest, uh, the funniest sketches or funniest sketch shows episodes ever. Uh A baby of the year is just something that you can write a dissertation on how complex and funny that sketch is uh, uh in in what they do and and the where they elevate the tension and then like elevate a parallel thing it's just it's so so great, so anyway, I think you should leave. Uh, I know people are tired of us talking about it uh eventually, they'll come out with a new
2: toast of to London, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I got a little I've got a little pick.
3: I got a, a little, little pick. pick. Just a little pick. Just a little, little pick. pick. Little uh Brett Harley Jarvis of a pick.
2: I have um certified chode. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna co sign that last. That <laughs> was, but, um I've been <laughs> I I've, I've talked about using the uh the things app before, the to do list yeah, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and one of the things that I like about it is that they have a um they have a widget on the iPhone that's the, okay. And you can put those on your home screen. But the thing I forgot about and um, expanded my ability to use that widget is that you can on the I- on iOS you can make a stack of oops you can make a stack of of widgets. So uh, the one thing I was like I was like oh well I want to see I have these two lists I want to go back and forth between these two lists. And so I thought well I can put two of them on my screen, but you can just kind of put them on top of each other. Um, and then scroll through them right on your home screen. Uh, so that it, that is is my pick is is uh, iPhone widgets, uh, or specifically stacking widgets on the iPhone because uh, they have like the smart stack where they find stuff and they decide what you want. But I didn't realize you could just manually say, okay, I want this and this and this, and let me scroll through them. Uh, because now. I, I don't know. I, I I care a lot about home screen efficiency. Yeah. I only want three, maximum three home screens at all. That's it. Full stop. Uh, cut holy it cow. Hard. Yeah. Uh, hard. Yeah. That's right. Hard. Cut, cut it
1: hard. <laughs>
2: uh, so uh, there you go. That's that's the widget stack. Widget
1: stacking. Andrew. Bryce. That is um, what. what's her name? Maria Tendo. Hardcore oh, sort of. A, oh, uh,
0: Mary Condo. Yeah, Mary Kondo. Kondo.
1: Yeah, that's hardcore. I only want three screens. Exactly, but uh, I use folders a lot. Three I, screens sparks oh, joy. That's four cheating. screens does not. No,
2: it's not cheating. It's full. It's fine
0: to have a folder for. you. Oh your- no, no, no! I banish all my apps to the shadow realm. You uh, As a matter, matter of fact, uh, I I have the app uh, the app library. I banish them all to the app library. But do
2: you use the app library when I need to find an app? Uh, see, I don't like.
0: It's that. either on. I go one home screen,
3: and if it ain't on that home screen.
0: To the app
2: library, so search funny. for it. I, oh, I, I, interesting!
3: I, my my whole take is like my my front page is pretty much things I actually use, but then like there are four other apps I care about, and I keep them buried among the garbage in the back catalog. <laughs> that, <laughs> I I don't know why it's it's like I open and I'm like I like uh, there there is age the down I, over here. I think
0: it might have been Andrew that first told me this, but like the idea that that you could you can understand a man's mind if you look at their desk, and and I feel like. That like the iPhone interface is is also like an, an an understanding. You could really stare deep into somebody's soul if you just look at at, at how they manage and order their uh, their apps.
1: My pick is I use this. It's a little pricey, but I think it's pretty solid. Is ScreenFlow. I have to make. For no reason that will not at all be apparent but i have to make video demos a lot and sometimes mm-hmm. internal and explain stuff <laughs> and so screen flow is very helpful um if you've ever gone to open ai if you have used some of their watch some of the videos there that maybe i made uh oh. those you know might might have been done on screen flow um so it's a thing i use so
0: so super easy nice. to record what is going yeah. on in your desktop and then put uh uh stuff on it, but, but voiceover Yeah, on
1: you can record your desktop and your video camera at the same time, and then you can drag them into it. It all comes into a timeline, so you can do timeline editing, so it makes it very easy to go in there and add title cards and stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of the features you'd find in, like, a bigger, fancier app, but it's, like, I really like... You can do your whole desktop. You can do just one area of it. Um, they, uh, you know, a very, 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 so, you know, solid. That's pretty
2: cool. You know, I think that there's still... There's still a need for kind of a uh, focused, focused usage apps like that uh, where like, yeah, you could do something like that with like OBS, but this is designed to do. This is designed to do screen recording uh to, to a certain degree, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I, I'm a fan. I found it to be very useful. They actually have a library you could buy for like 50 bucks for a year, or whatever those other assets and stuff you can drag in there. So uh, I use it a lot. It's just, it just become very, cause I know they're like, Oh, I do this. I'm like, just use this. It'll streamline the way you do things, and you'll save back hours and hours of time. Cool. Uh, screen flow. Cool. cool. All right. It's been after. <laughs> yep. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>